Hey everybody, welcome back to Linux Cast. I'm your host Matt, and I'm Tyler. Yes, he is. This is the Linux Cast, where we talk about Linuxy things. Uh, usually, anyways, uh, one of those things that we've just never done before is tangents. So I'm sure today we'll uh, be just as good as we always are when it comes to tangents. Um, so that means we probably won't get to the main topic today. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Who knows? We will. We will. We'll get there. It's going to be all right. So, anyways, we talk about the next stuff. We're going to be doing that. So, but we, every, like every week, we start off with uh, a little bit of a catching up session. So, Tyler, what have you been doing this week in FOSS? Um, well, obviously, playing the hell out of my Steam Deck back there. But um, I've been working on um, a third-person survival game for... Um, well, the deck, but really Linux in general. And um, that's why I haven't been posting anything on YouTube. Like, I genuinely haven't had time. I've, I've, like, I do have a job that I've got to do. And so I've been doing that and um, just working on the game with all of my spare time, that, or just time in general that I'm at home and can work on it. Um, so next week after the podcast, um, on my channel, there will be a video that goes up, and so, like, I'll, it'll just be me casually, like, talking about the project and showing it, showing it off in Unity and um, just kind of talking just in general about the project. Um, it's not going to be open source because I'm using, I'm using assets that I own through licenses and stuff. So like, it's not like I can just give those out, but, um, for whatever it's worth, any of the code that I've written, like all of my scripts that are mine to give away or to host, uh, those will be up on GitLab. Should anyone find it interesting or want it? Um, but yeah. Um, so next week I'll finally start posting again to my channel and have something kind of worthwhile to show off. So, that's what I've been working on. You're still enjoying the Steam Deck just as much as you have been? Um, yeah, it's it's genuinely awesome. Like I can't get over how fun it is to like sit back in bed with a like not a laptop, like something that's actually like it's the way it's designed. It's perfect to sit back and like kick back in bed and have up in front of you and just play games. Like it's so nice. Like I've, I've been watching, um, can't remember. I, I've just finished, um, like the Sandman series on Netflix. It's pretty good. Um, but I've been watching that. And like yesterday I watched like Schindler's list and a whole bunch of other like good, like older movies. Um, but the entire time, like, during um, commercial breaks or any time the story gets slow or anything like that. Like I just I start playing games on my Steam Deck in between. It's it's so nice. It's, it's great. I love it. Uh, so, yeah. Like, if you want to get a Steam Deck, get it. And if you don't want to get a Steam Deck, there's probably something wrong with you. You need to at least go get a checkup with your doctor. Just, just saying. I didn't get mine. And I'm actually kind of okay with it, to be honest with you. You know me, I'm just not... I don't think that getting a Steam Deck would have changed my gaming habits at all. Although, that being said, I've done a lot of gaming this week, so... Um, who knows? Maybe some... I probably will wait until you can actually just buy one. I hate being on a waiting list. Like, just let me buy one. Um, 
Yeah. My only thing is, is I wonder how long it's going to be till that happens. Because, like, I, I would assume that, like, it won't be too much longer. But then also, like, it's kind of weird. Like, there's a lot of people that aren't ordering them. But it, there's also seems to be a lot more people, like, reserving and being interested in getting one. So, like, well, I, I don't know. It's kind of a 50-50 as to whether or not, like, you'll have to reserve it for much longer. I mean, it wouldn't be so bad. Like... I know that maybe I'm weird like this, but I just, I hate, I hated this when the whole, there was this whole, the whole, like, remember when there was, like, actual, like, game stores, you'd go to a game store and you could, like, pre-order a game, like, give them $5? I mm-hmm. hated that because I always just lost the $5 because I always forgot that I pre-ordered it, right? <laughs> um, so, I was like, I can't, I can't tell you the amount of money I wasted on games that I pre-ordered for stupid reasons, you know, and then had to, mm-hmm. you know, just forgot about it and lost the money. So that, I mean, obviously that was mostly my fault, but I just consider it stupid. With a Steam Deck, I gave him $5, but the thing is, is it costs so much money, almost all of my cash sits in my savings account, which is at a different bank. That's where all my paychecks and stuff go, which is there. So I had to transfer it over into where, you know, my debit card comes from. And that, that, for whatever reason, in this day and age, it takes a week to transfer that money. Like... Yeah, I, I, and they only give you three days to. Order yeah, I know they only they give you three you. days to do it. So by the time the money got there, it was too late. Um, and by the t- I mean, if I could, like I said, if I could just pay for it, you know, what I mean, if I, I'd probably pre-order enough. I could just, hey, here's the money, you know, and then yeah. ship it to me when it's ready, you know. I, I'd be happy no. with that. But they don't let you do that. You get you have to give them five dollars, and then wait for it, and then pay for it. By that time, the money will be back where it's supposed to be. Anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I don't think that I would that having one would change my gaming habits yeah. at all. Anyways, but we'll um, I'll get one eventually. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so uh, for me, uh, I've been doing gaming this week, so I've finally got Steam working on Fedora. I've had a, pr- a few problems with it, so I tried the version from the Fedora repos, and no games would like run consistently on it. They just crashed like crazy. And that was after installing Proton and Proton GD, GE and stuff. Uh, it just would not work. I'm not sure what was going on. I'm, sh- I'm 100% sh- sure that it was a dependency because I kept getting dense notifications saying, hey, this library is missing. But I searched for the library, couldn't find it anywhere. So uh, I uninstalled the, the Fedora repo version and installed the Flatpak version. That was not a good experience either because apparently I hadn't opened up Steam in a while. And you know when you haven't opened up Steam for a while, you sometimes get like multitude of windows that pop up advertising stuff no. and giving you notifications of friends and stuff that happened. Uh, that happened for me only they were like blank windows. Like, uh, you know, I use i3 so I could see like the border around like an invisible window. And mm-hmm. if I hover over that and quit it, it quit Steam completely. Like, it just thought it was just Steam. So, I ended up having to log out of i3, go to uh, Plasma, go through the notifications one by one, dismiss those so that those windows would go away. And then I was able to get it all up and running on on the i3. Uh, but that experience wasn't all that great. But once I did get the uh, Flatpak running, using the Flatpak version of ProtonG is actually kind of cool. You just install the Flatpak, and it run i mean city skylines has been running fantastically um better probably better than i've ever seen it run on linux honestly i'm getting like 120 frames per second sometimes which is just nuts in a city that's actually been built um 
it obviously goes down once you press play because the parts start moving. But um, then there's the um, I, I've been playing my thingy of the week, which I'll save for later. Uh, but that's a win- that's a Windows only game, and it's been running awesomely, like so so good. I'm not any good at it because I'm playing with a trackball, but <laughs> it's been very very fun. Uh, so I've been play- playing that and uh, a couple other games. They've been just running really nice. So I've been very uh, after that initial not so good experience. Uh, even F- Fedora's even good at gaming. So uh, switch to Fedora. It's good. I'm a Fedora fanboy now. Who would have thought that? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, now it won't be too much longer till you're out here, you know, just trying to get people to use GNOME. Just just desperately uh, try. <laughs> It'll happen. Just shoot It'll me. It'll happen. Just, just one day. Just, just put me out of my misery. <laughs> all right. Like, just, we, we all have to agree <laughs> that, like, everyone, especially in chat now... If you stick around long enough and Matt starts recommending GNOME, if he does it just once, I would like to see the entire comment section just filled with simp. Just filled with <laughs> Like, as soon as it starts happening, because okay. one day it will happen. Okay, one so day he'll be like, you know what, GNOME's not too bad. So I think you guys should use it. I, I talked about this before we started recording. There was I, I've installed Fedora now on every computer I own, so I have three laptops, I have that computer behind me, and I have the main desktop. And Fedora's on all of them, and um, it's like I said, it's been it's been amazing. Uh, the thing is, is that all the other ones have GNOME as the default on them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they all suck. I, I'm telling you right now, GNOME <laughs> is god awful. You have to do so much to that thing in order to get it to work properly. Um, which is fine. I mean, I, I always say that, like, I, I expect everything to be perfect out of the box, right? Like, if you installed mm-hmm. i3 or DWM or BSPWM like that, you know, those things are pretty much unusable out of the box. You always yeah. have to tweak them. You have to give them a bar. You have to you know, tweak the bar. You have to add patches to the EWM. You have to add in your key binding. So there's always tweaking that you have to do to a window manager. But when it comes to the GNOME, if I have to tweak it, I'm so pissed off and calling it terrible. I know that double standard is it drives me nuts, but I can't help it. Uh, no. I, th- I think because the defaults in GNOME are just so bad, like they're just it, I don't I'm, it just maybe it just, you don't like them. I don't like them. Yes, it's a per- yeah. all that stuff is personal opinion. I know a lot of people who enjoy the default workflow of GNOME. They like swear by it. Um, I can't stand it. Um, so. No. I don't think you've made that very clear. I, I don't think. But no, 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 no. That will all change. There's no but. This, I'm not <laughs> gonna be. Though. I'm not gonna become a GNOME fanboy. It's just not gonna happen. Okay. Um, and and in fact, my love of KDE, like I've always been a KDE guy, right? If I have to use a mm-hmm. desktop environment, it's KDE. My love of KDE is, is fallen by the wayside. Like I still think it has the potential to be fantastic, but it has become so buggy. Like, it's gotten worse. Like, it used to be... I mean, it's always had bugs and stuff, right? And that was just kind of the name of the game. If you wanted to use KDE, you were going to have to put up with their weird obsession with making sure that it has every feature under the sun, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that they've gone too far. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) like, 
now they're adding features like crazy again, and yeah, they they say they're fixing fixing all these bugs, but there's just so many, and it's just buggy as hell. Uh, like icons not showing up, even though you've set an icon. Themes not showing up. Vantum doesn't work anymore. It's just God. It's just. I mean, you want KDE to be so good, but it's just. It, they they seriously just. For the next five years, no new features. None. Okay, I'd love them to see that. Like we're announcing, we're that, we're we're gonna pause development for the next fine five years is probably too long. For the next two years, no development. Okay, all we're gonna do is fix bugs. It doesn't need any new features. The sad part is, is I agree with you, but the, I see it like I see no possibility of that happening. None. Like because all the KDE developers, that's what they like doing is implementing new features. Like clearly. I don't, I don't. I don't think anyone could debate that. They're the. They're like the 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 kid who has no problem getting a whole bunch of new toys, but never wants to clean their room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> like, like they're always and like and like what you're suggesting is not just clean the room, but stop and do a dedicated deep clean on the room for at least a day, like you know, for a kid and. It's uh, KD developers can't yeah. come on. The, no, right? They the, just won't. That kid has toys upon toys that they've never played with. They were fantastic. They wanted that toy so bad. You know, they they begged for it and they worked for months for it. Like maybe their parents are those parents that make them work for their toys, but they so they worked for months for the toy, got the toy, played with it for five minutes, and then shoved it in the corner and never played with it again. That's yep. KDE. They have features that have been developed and then never touched again because they have just they no. just have too many. And the funny thing is, is that we were just bitching at GNOME for not having enough features, right? <laughs> the, the thing is, is like there has to be a middle ground somewhere. Also, Jessica Linux, thanks for the super chat, contributing to the five dollar fund you lost because of your forgetfulness. Yes, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say this, but I will because I know Matt would also be completely honest about it too. They do give you your five dollars back. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. See, the thing is, is in order to get the $5 back, you have to remember that you gave them the $5. That's the thing is, I forgot that I pre-ordered half the time. Really? And they just never got it. Or ended up going to a different store and buying it. Dude, I've had Alzheimer's since I was like five. Well, no. <laughs> I can't remember. I can. I have a really, really bad memory on some things. Like, put me in front of Jeopardy. I can remember the weirdest freaking trivia. Ask me what I had for lunch last week? No clue. I can I can tell let, you. Let me make this clear. That really was not because I didn't possibly believe that you could forget something. It was because Steam. I like I, I didn't realize that Steam wouldn't give you back your money if you didn't order it. Like I thought that's just how it worked. See, like, the thing, if you didn't I'm, order it, I'm talking about actual brick and mortar stores. Um, oh, like, like all the money you've lost from there. UB games. Like, well, if, oh. if you pre-order a game from from Steam, you are silly. <laughs> like, like, well, why? Yeah, well, no, no, no. If you if you pre-order anything digital, like there's something wrong with you. Like, like what's gonna happen? Like you can't get the download because you didn't pre-order it. Well, I mean, because like, the whole point what? of pre-ordering when there was brick-and-mortar stores was because you, it allowed you to reserve your place in line. That was when yeah. you would actually go and stand in line for something that you really wanted to 
you know, have, right? Whether, you know, I did it for books all the time. Like, I, like all the time that, with that books, sense, right? Too, yeah. and, and video games, I did it a few times, but I'm, when it comes to gaming, I basically haven't changed in 30 years. I'm not much of a gamer. I, I, I've told this story in the podcast before. I have a copy of Batman Arkham Asylum up there on my shelf, still in the cellophane, never used it. Um, I did that a lot, right? Um, and the thing is, I just, I'm not that big of a gamer, so uh, a lot of times, like, there would be a game that I'd, I, I think one of the games that I forgot about and never got my $5 back was uh, Mafia 2, okay? Um, yeah. I did end up finally playing it eventually, but I, I think I ended up buying it like the discount bin because that game just completely flopped. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was not a good game. Um, but the the I mean, it had a good story. It was just like it was a movie. It was not a, a game. But the the, po- the po- uh, I was about to say, like in my opinion, it, it's a good game, but it also like as a game, like successful, no, no, like no. well, I mean the the. The biggest problem with those types of games is that when the developers get too engrossed in the story, they forget about the gameplay, right? So there's yeah. there's just there was just too many cutscenes. But the point the the point is is that is that I was big into that franchise, so I wanted to play it. So I gave five dollars to EB Games or something and was going to go and pick it up. Forgot about it eventually. Yeah. Never got the five dollars back. I did that multiple times with several different games. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, but the first couple doing the pre-order back then made sense. Yeah. Like you losing that money sucks, but you doing it, you had a purpose to it. Like, like I don't know if everybody knows this, but there's like a thing called inventory with physical goods, and like the store that you're gonna buy from when the game comes out. Like if you pre-ordered, like your money was just to make sure that the store would order you a copy and guarantee it was there yep. when it launched, so you could get it day one. Like now, if you pre-order a game, oh. What are you doing? Like, cause there's like no, why? No scarcity now. Like, you're gonna get that. Yeah. You could order. I mean, the only way it would make sense is like if a game came out that was so popular that they knew everybody was gonna download it. So your five dollars gave it so that you were like the first in line to in the download queue because like they had to stagger them or something, or or maybe you got early access to a beta or something like that. Yeah. You kind of have well, to get see, like, something for. Mm- yeah, like nowadays, that's that's what would make sense to me. Like if you got access to a beta or something, like then you should pre-order something. But nowadays, like there's very few of those games where you pre-order them and that's what you get in return. Like I, if you're there's so many games that you can pre-order. How is there not major incentives for people pre-ordering and people? Like, people are still pre-ordering, and you're not getting a good benefit for it. Like, most games now have gone up to, like, 80 to, like, $120 in value. There is almost nothing that you that I would give you that much money for in advance and wait, like, a month or so. Well, for, especially for to... when the new fad seems to be releasing games that are buggy as shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, can you imagine being the person who, and, and there were many of them who pre-ordered Red Dead, not Red Dead Redemption, well, um, Cyberpunk 2077 or what it was. Yeah. When that first, I was about to say, like, I was about to correct you. I was like, you mean t- Cyberpunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the um, when, when Cyberpunk first came out, it was the buggiest game ever launched, and there were people who pre-ordered that thing, right? Yeah. And you had, uh, yeah. like, don't, don't pre-order, um, 
you got to remember, this is coming from a gaming person. So I would say don't play the game in the first year. Just wait a year, then play it. The bugs will be ironed out. It'll have much fun, much more fun. The problem is, of course, then you miss the, um, all the excitement of playing with your friends who are all going to play the game day one. Or, or you also run the chance because the Internet's a thing nowadays and people on the Internet can be turned sometimes. Spoiler Somebody dicks. will – yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'll just spoil the whole like ending for you. Okay, so like, my favorite game of all time – all time and it's a game i've played probably four times all the way through and it's the only game i've ever like okay so it's not the only game i've ever beaten but it's the only like full-fledged console level game that i've ever beaten and i've played it multiple times through it's heavy rain Ooh, yeah that no. ga- game was fantastic and it wasn't that it was necessarily like the gameplay was all that good because it wasn't like, it was really bad <laughs> gameplay. Like, you could sit there... You, it was one of those games where you kind of had to get the combos right in order to, like, move the characters in a certain way. The best part about that game was it was a fantastic story, and it changed depending on what choices you made, right? That game is one that, to this day, I'll still talk about, like, constantly. And and it's one that stuck with me. But the point is that even that game there, I wouldn't have pre-ordered it because I liked it by accident, you know? It was one of those games where I just kind of bought it. I had, no clue it was going to be any good. If I could, even though I got stellar reviews. Um, all right. Anyways, we've me, we've meandered. <laughs> yes, we, have. we we have meandered. So let's go ahead and move into the the contact information. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in any number of ways. The best way to do so is probably via email. You can do uh, you can email us at email at thelinuxcast.org. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Mastodon, all those things. Those. Links will be in the video description, also at the linuxcast.org/contact, where you can find all the links to my stuff, Tyler's stuff. Uh, speaking of Tyler, he goes by Zany Online. He has a YouTube channel. You should definitely go subscribe. Uh, YouTube.com/zanyog. Uh, he does post YouTube videos. It just doesn't look like it anymore, um, <laughs> because because he's he's busy doing other things. So, um, yes. what you gonna do? So the uh, you subscribe to him on, on YouTube. You can subscribe to the LinuxCast on YouTube, youtube.com slash LinuxCast. Also, check out the LinuxCast.org, which is the website. It has access to all of my uh, blog posts. All the previous episodes of the podcast are there. Like, literally all of them, all the way back to Season 1, Episode 4. The first episode, first three episodes, gone into the ether. Don't know where those are. <laughs> um but anyways, all the episodes are there. You can definitely check those out. And um, also a link to our patrons. So you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the LinuxCast. Uh, thanks to all the patrons. We'll thank you at the end as well. So, uh, yeah, that's the contact information. Definitely get in contact with us if you are interested in the show. Leave a comment in the comment on the video if you'd like to do that. You can uh, stop my rambling any minute now. I can just stop rambling. Okay, <laughs> uh, moving on to the news. Every week, Tyler and I, we scour the internet. For the most latest, breaking, hard-hitting Linux news anywhere in the world. You can never find more breaking news than this. I promise. I, I'd say I guarantee it, but then I'd probably get sued or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, the news. So, Tyler, your news of the week. Well, Manjaro Arm has come out with a new... Well, well again, not like breakneck release but there's a new version it has a lot more support for some different um socs or yeah right 
socket on a chip. Yeah, that's it. Yep. SOCs. <laughs> it took me a second there for <laughs> had a complete brain fart. But yeah. Um so they've got a new version. They add support for some more devices and stuff. And I just think it's good because Manjaro ARM is like pretty like to me is pretty much the if if you're going to be using Manjaro and like really like really want to use Manjaro, I think the ARM version of Manjaro is the one that makes sense. Like, com- like compared to its desktop version, the Manjaro ARM is it offers a lot, especially especially Manjaro ARM compared to the other ARM Linux distros that are available. It's it's not only polished, but it's also it it's extremely functional and pretty freaking stable. Um, it, it, gonna, it, this might piss some people off, but like, let's be real. That's completely polar opposite to its desktop yeah, version. I, I was gonna say, right. doesn't it feel like it, it wouldn't surprise anyone if four, three, four years from now, Manjaro doesn't have a regular desktop version. All they do is ARM. Yeah. It feels yeah. it feels like they're moving in the Ubuntu mobile or the Ubi, yeah. the Ubi ports guys, right? Well, all I mean, they do is the mobile stuff or the yeah, ARM it, stuff. Manjaro is is a very weird like distro in specific just because it's not only does it have a mobile version of itself it's one of the very few distributions where at most distributions that have a mobile version like Ubuntu or whatever like they're progressing forward on both platforms Whereas Manjaro seems to have taken all of its development, like talent from the desktop side, moved it over to the mobile side because their ARM version is not only really good, it's constantly improving and getting better while, while their desktop version is only getting worse. I mean, in every regard, if, if you want to fight me on that, that's totally fine. That's cool. But I can say for the majority of people, Manjaro has gone downhill over the past couple of years, like for sure, it feels like it. Yeah. All right, hold on a second. I'm gonna cough up a frog. <coughs> <coughs> well, hopefully you're okay. Don't come down with colds, okay? There, that's my advice: is just never come down with a cold. Did you ever watch um, How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Um, yeah. Barney has a line that's Neil Patrick Harris's. Um, character for anybody who hasn't watched it he, he says i don't ever get sick i just stop being sick and be awesome instead do that okay <laughs> don't ever get sick because it's just bad anyways um yeah manjaro does seem like it has gone downhill maybe i think part of it is because neither like you and i switched to it that time uh, we were gonna mm-hmm. do a challenge or something and uh, you didn't first of all you didn't last more than 15 minutes i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um i did yeah. i did yeah. <laughs> i lasted a week but the the thing is is that when it comes to Manjaro, when it comes to Arch and Arch-based distros, the thing that makes Arch good, like fantastic, is the AUR. Like, it, yes, being able to build up your system from scratch on an, on a vanilla Arch is very good, and it's definitely a a perk of it. But when it comes to Arch-based distros, that goes pretty much goes away, right? That's that part goes away, and uh, for the most part, the distro maintainer builds it up for you. So the perks then of those types of distros is the AUR. And it's not that they, that Manjaro can't use the AUR, it can, but because of the way they hold back the the main repos 
by two weeks, it breaks a lot of the stuff that the AUR can rely on. So when you download something from the AUR, a lot of times that package is going to either not building or breaking or not having the proper uh, libraries and stuff available to it. And uh, because that's that's the way that it's, it, it, it's expecting to be able to pull from the Arch repos, which just don't exist on Manjaro. So no, it's very weird. It's like Manjaro has decided to like to to be Arch, but not benefit from everything that makes Arch Arch. Yeah, well, which I, is very weird. Like, well, yeah. they have they have a um, like an unstable version now that didn't exist when we did that challenge. Like they have a they have so a like, un- so like Arch. Yeah, like I'm not. I, at that point, what are? I mean, I'm so confused. Right? Why? I, I mean, you'd get the theming and stuff, and you'd get all their desktop and stuff. So I mean, I guess I mean it's just basically then a regular Arch-based distro. But I don't think it's because it's still not pulling from the Arch repos. It's pulling from a a Minjar repos that are considered unstable. I think that that's the way it works. I've never used it, so um, I don't. Know. Oh, I might have to check. Like, I might have to check this. Like, this sounds interesting. Like, I, I, I just want to see what's going on. Yes, yeah, I think that sounds very. Interesting. I've never used. It. I've heard. I've a couple people have asked me to take a look at it. Like, I, I, I'm very not into it because I'm not much of a Manjaro fan. But I don't know. It, it seems a little weird. But uh, yeah, and that's Manjaro for you. Okay, so moving on to my news of the week. If we can, if, if we can find the right workspace here. Which we can. So my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. My my work my uh my news of the week. So Ubuntu is now officially supported on Star 5's Vision Five Risk Five. Five. So first of all, let's just for a minute. Way too many fives in that sentence. Okay. Star Five's mm-hmm. Vision Five's Risk Five single board computers. Got this right here is a prime example of why developers and engineers should never name anything, like. Ever. No, open source developers <laughs> or engineers did not name. You anything. guys should hire somebody. Just seriously, I mean, I, I understand. I have a feeling like everybody is like really like this. Everybody who's not a marketing person is exactly like this. They don't know how to name anything, and that's the reason why marketing firms can charge whatever they want to name things. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and because open source guys can't afford a marketing firm, they end up coming out with something like Star Five's Vision Five Risk Five. Single board computers. Good lord, people, you need. Uh, it, it's like at the beginning of uh, like the. I think it's like the first Iron Man movie where we don't know mm-hmm. we don't know that Shield is the acronym yet. So it's just the Strategic Homeland <laughs> Intervention, whatever the hell it is, right? You know, we're like we're working on it, you know. <laughs> like the, these guys need a, need an acronym or something. Anyways, the point of the the article is that the Ubuntu now works on this single board computer, and the reason why it's important isn't necessarily because Ubuntu now works on it. But because it shows how far these RISC-V uh, chips that aren't based on ARM have come. And it's, I mean, it, it's only been like two, maybe three years ago where they were really, I mean, it, they were really minimal in terms of their functionality. You could get them and they, they I mean, you were like Arduinos and things like that. You know, they would, they had single uses and you were never going to run like Fedora or Ubuntu on them. Now we've gotten to the point where these are powerful enough to run actual Linux distros. Uh, and not just mm-hmm. for like Internet of Things stuff, but actual, you know, serviceable distros that you can do pretty much whatever you want on. You can run a Docker container, probably whatever, you know. 
I mean, you're never again, gonna, ass- assuming it's a minimal docker. Well, yeah, it's gonna like, obviously it's going to be something. It's still very low end, and you're gonna have to kind of take your performance hits where you'd expect them because I mean, it's still very a very very low powered ship. So I, I think it said, um, did it did it have the wattage here? I don't think I don't think it said. Um, but well, I know it's a dual core processor. I think it's maybe clocked in at like one point something like maybe like 1.2 or something i know it's i know it's not like a couple gigahertz or something like that but it they're they're moderate uh, like moderately powerful cores for what they are um and also it's not like these are trying to be marketed as like a desktop, desktop yeah, yeah that, obviously if that's what you're expecting i mean they're they're not close to raspberry pi yet even no. right so i mean it, no. you can't even really expect to run a raspberry pi as a daily driver computer although it's getting close this isn't anywhere near that yet and and it's not really the point of it either it's not supposed to be competing with that kind of thing it's supposed to be single purpose stuff like that but the point well and and i also think it's not it's not even supposed like you're not really supposed to want it to compete the main thing is just be excited that open source hardware is not too far behind closed source yeah. hardware for the first time ever. Yeah, that, that's. Like, I mean, it's just like, it's and it's moving fast, right? It's like, like mm-hmm. a couple years ago, this would not have been even close to being a, a, in the realm of possibility. Now it is, and it, it's really kind of exciting. Now, I mean, it's not. I mean, we're still many moons away from this thing competing with even ARM, when it comes to you know actual performance, but uh, that it's moving this fast, being completely open source, and it's being supported by companies. Like, it has... It's well-funded, so it's not going anywhere. Like, it's... Um, I, I think I saw that, like, Microsoft and Apple and several at Google, uh, they're throwing money into this platform. So, um, maybe they could spend, like, a million dollars on a marketing team and come up with a better name? I'm just... I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Star 5s, Vision 5s, Risk 5 single-board computers. Guys, just... Call it. Rid- you got the, got the triple five threat. Just man. call it the five, okay, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like any, like literally anything would be better than that. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, just engineers, developers, don't name anything. Just and you know. You, all right. So here's here's the thing. You've bought Sony stuff before. Have you noticed how mm-hmm. everything Sony has like really long like numbers in their in the name? So like, yeah. uh, you know, it's the Sony. Uh, whatever the hell the name and then it has like nine numbers after it you can tell yeah. that the engineers are in charge of naming shit right yeah. that's this right here right <laughs> you can just tell um so anyways that's the news uh, and it's good news and you notice we kind of had a theme so you talked about arm i talked about risk five so the main topic this week actually is arm so we've done an arm episode in the past where we talked about arm more in general like is arm the future of linux and we talked about that for a good hour or so and i don't really remember what we concluded in that episode because it's been over a year Neither ago but the point of today's video is let is more specific our arms max are this is really gonna be hard to say for me because it's <laughs> way too many m's are arm max good for linux and more do we think that the apple version of arm is going to propel the development of other arm based things on linux and as a third question do we think that eventually 
the ARM Max will be actually really good for Linux, like where you can just install whatever distro you want on. Like as of right now, we really only have one distro that will work on it. The Asahi guys, or how the hell you say it. Um, yeah. So the question is, are we going to be able to install Ubuntu on it eventually, or Fedora? You know, uh, that's the those are the, so those are the questions I kind of want to focus on. So Tyler, what do you think about the ARM M1 Max going through in terms of Linux and stuff? I think it's a good thing that you're able to do it, but I don't think it's going to be something that's ever like really popular. Like, um, like, cause there's, there's not many people that like are into open source and into Linux and want to use Linux as their OS that purchase Macs. Like, it's just not that common. Like, I'm not sure I, that I agree with you because I know I know several people who have. Um, well, but see, like the thing is, is like those people, like just based off of the ones that you're thinking of, how many of them bought their Macs before they got interested in open source? None of them. Really? Yeah, none of. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking of at least four guys who all bought it. Uh, with the intention of meddling around with Linux on it, like th- they were gonna stick around with Mac, the Mac OS, but they bought it with the intention of of fiddling around with Linux on it. Whether it would be through the Asahi, Asahi I'm never gonna learn how to pronounce that. Yeah. Name. The, the 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 Linux that's been ported to it now, or through the virtualization stuff that they've been talking about through the the new um, uh, virtualization thing that came out last when the M1 was announced. Um, so yeah, the the four guys that have all bought it, like I know one guy who just swears by that hardware. He's like always has. He's always been an Apple like hardware guy, but he's never cared for Mac OS. So he's always bought the hardware and almost immediately installed Linux on it. Um, uh, and That's just it, it. It makes it makes no sense to me. Like, why would you buy a piece of hardware that is designed like? literally engineered to keep you from doing what you would like to do on it. I, I, like, like, okay. I, I don't, maybe, I mean, you're pretty much, you're pretty hardware agnostic. You'll just buy the stuff that makes sense to you. Right. Yeah. A lot of people are very fascinated with that hardware. Um, cause it's real. I mean, first of all, it doesn't have any competition in the Linux space in terms of that, in that hardware, uh, you can't buy that good of hardware in Linux space. You just can't. Like, I, I know I'm gonna piss a lot of people off. Like, like you know, they like System 76 and like tux, Tuxedo and Slimbagon. They're massively expensive. They're overpriced. It, the argument that that like they're competitive is just wrong. Like, they're they're not. Well, oh. I mean, price wise, they're just not. Like, you can go and get something else for cheaper. Well, so. I mean, that's true. But the, I mean, the point is, is if you're going to buy a Linux-focused laptop, you have these choices. Like you have System76, Linux, and all those things. None of them have hardware, at least when it comes to laptop hardware, that can compete with Apple's hardware. They just can't in terms of design, yeah. in terms of build quality, things like that. You, I mean, whether you like Apple or not, you have to admit that their hardware is really good. Like I'm sitting here with a with a iPhone that I really desperately want to use, but iOS is god awful. The hardware is fantastic, and it's like really, really good. Like I, I really wish I could put Android on that thing. I'd be way happier. I'd use that as my daily driver, but you just can't do it, right? The 
so I think part of the reason why a lot of Linux guys are interested in being able to use a Mac as their daily driver, but with Linux on it, is, well, it's twofold, really. It's because the hardware is so good, but also because the M1 is so attractive in terms of battery life oh, yeah. and powerful, you know, power and stuff, right? The, yeah. So, I mean, there is definitely a market for Macs targeted towards Linux people. I think, I I mean, no. you're probably right. Well, I don't know about targeted. Tor- See, like, that's, well, that's yeah. the thing that makes it confusing to me is, like, I get that you can do it. Like, I, I get that. But, like, fundamentally, like, the hardware, like, yes, like, hardware, M1, M2, like, whatever, Apple's silicon is really good. Like, superbly good. But, like, what you want, like, the hardware being that good and having a, a really good value, at least in my opinion, wouldn't make up for the fact that the company that makes it, that actually makes the hardware, designs it in a way that fights and tries to keep you from doing what you want to do on it. And also, like, if you're a if you're like really into Linux, like really into open source and stuff, like there's not another company that's more against your beliefs than Apple or Microsoft. Like they, they especially at like Apple hates open source. Like, I don't know if they, okay. I I would, I, it doesn't, it doesn't make them money. So they hate it. I mean, they base their all their operating systems on open source software, and they contribute upstream like they're supposed to. So I can't say they hate open source software. And like it's based on BSD. So uh, wait, so so benefiting off of open source. I'm not saying that they're the best citizens ever, but they're not. They're not. I don't think they're as evil when it comes to that as as you think. They're not. They they don't want to murder open source. You're right. They they wouldn't just take it out back and shoot it. But would they ever make something open source? They do. Would they ever? Oh really? Yeah. Um. The What's the that? the Swift. Um. I think it's called Swift. Uh. Language, which is all which all, app. Um. iOS apps are written in. Um. That's open source. Uh. The WebKit. Mm-hmm. WebKit. Um, engine was developed by Apple. That's open source. The cups printer thing that all Linux things use. Yeah, the, but these are all open source projects that only benefit Apple. Like okay, only Web, WebKit. You uh, no, 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 no. You know, you're totally wrong. Okay, WebKit is the basis of Blink, which Chrome uses. Well, okay. Yeah. And every yes. every browser ever. A cup. Yeah. Cups printer. The the cups printer. Fine. Tool. You're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, they don't hate it. Um, Still. I'm I'm not, I'm not saying that they're gonna go out and open source everything they make. They're they're obviously not. They're very much into making money, and they know that open source main projects are never going to make the kind of money that they would need in order to stay in business. We know that. That you're right in that aspect. Um. The the thing is is that I don't. I don't see. I mean, I don't think that they closed their hardware down because they hate open source. I think the the causality there is wrong. They closed their hardware down because they're into control, uh, and they want you to use their stuff. 
Not necessarily because well, they, they don't want they don't want you to buy a Mac and install Windows on it. They don't care about yeah. Linux. They don't want you to install Windows on it. That, that's that's the thing. And, and you were right. They're not target. They're not building these things into target Linux, but or you know Linux guys. But that doesn't make them any less attractive to some Linux people, right? So, uh, you know. Well, yeah, but. Do I think there's a big enough market of Linux people that want Apple's hardware? Probably not. Okay. Like I, I see. Here's the thing. Honestly, tell me, if the, another company like Dell came out with essentially Apple's silicon, like essentially the same thing, but it like it worked with Linux, just you could install Linux. Like there's no like fundamental problem or, or like the obviously like company behind making it is against you doing this and you can install Linux on it. The people who are purchasing Mac like M1 chips or like Mac's hardware right now to put Linux on it. Do you honestly think they wouldn't pick that over it? Like I, personally, I think that a lot more people would just go with that route. Just, Okay. Just because it's this, like, really what, I think what people are after when it comes to Apple Silicon in particular is not, like, really performance, really. It's mainly battery life, because that's, that's, like, the main thing, is that you get kind of the same, maybe a slight performance hit, maybe, but oh, for the most part, you get the same performance, but just massively more battery life. I, I think that the vast majority of people aren't as fervent open source uh, supporters as we would like them to be. I think that most people well, just want, yeah. want to buy the best thing that they can uh, that they can afford that does the job that they want to do. And um, even, even if they prefer Linux, most people probably aren't opposed to being able to use a computer that they really like even if it is as close source and horrible towards open source as, you know, we can make it out to be, right? That's the reason why there's, I mean, at one point, the guy who is doing the, the Linux for the M1 and M2s had a Patreon support of over $10,000 a month. Mm -hmm. um, so there is definitely people out there who will support that kind of development for this hardware. Um is it ever going to be a multi-million dollar endeavor for Linux distributions to support? No. Um, but I think that it is probably bigger than you expect. Um, so uh, uh, Zero Linux says, I agree with Tyler. Why buy a Ferrari to put a Honda engine on it? Or vice versa. It don't make sense to me either. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Uh, even if you are agreeing with Tyler. Um. <laughs> well, well, but I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, I... I... I think most most people who would want like Apple's hardware for Linux in general would be f like would m more want something that's not from Apple, like that's not from that like that closed sourced environment. Yeah, and I don't think I, most people I, I, care. Well. Even if they, Again, you, you, most people don't, because most people buying app like Apple products don't install Linux on it. Like 98% well, of them. Even the people who so, are interested in Linux, I think most people who... Okay, I, I, I'm one of these people. I, I call myself an open source advocate, but I'll still happily use a proprietary piece of software if it's the only option I have, or it's just spectacular, even if there are other options. Yeah. 
So, for but that that's my whole point. You have no other option right now if you want something like the the arm silicon that Apple has. You have no other option. My point is is only that given another option, most people purchasing Apple products with interest in Linux would most likely go with someone else. Like, so I don't really see like the Apple specific, like Silicon being good for Linux in general, other than like benefiting in the fact that Linux is on the Apple Silicon. Like that's good. But so like being a good thing for Linux in general, probably not. Okay. I think the probably the best thing would be having another company making the same type of silicon like that Apple's making. Okay, I'm gonna disagree with you again. I mean, we're very contentious today, Tyler. Normally we agree. Yes, we are. Normally we agree a lot more on this. But the reason why I think that this whole thing is good for Linux is because it's been, because it is being developed. So there is Linux being developed for this hardware. And the stuff that is being developed for this hardware will eventually be able to be translated into the kernel and then support other people who are going to other hardware vendors that are going to make ARM hardware. So uh, all the work that the Asahi guys are doing will eventually at least partially translate into work that other people don't have to do in order to get Linux to work better on ARM. Uh, when there is that magical other hardware vendor that you're talking about that doesn't exist right now, uh, that's going to create a, a a hardware that's as good as Apple's and has fantastic battery life. When that eventually exists, the work to get Linux working on it is going to be at least half done. You know what I mean? I'm sure they'll have to make some tweaks because it's obviously not going to be the same type of hardware that Apple has, but they will have at least some of the work done ahead of them so they don't have to start completely from scratch and that's the reason why it's good for I, Linux. it, it hurts because i i somewhat agree with you but not by much because like i i have a feeling that there is some work that the acai or however you say their name um de- development team has done that will translate a, over into other arm devices but if we're being honest there's a lot of Linux distros that already have wide ARM support. And I, I, I have a feeling that like most of the dev work that Acai Linux and other Apple Linux like specific distros will do, maybe, maybe 5% of it, probably less, will port over and be valuable in other ARM devices that come later from other manufacturers. An overwhelming majority of it, again, this is not coming from somebody who knows anything about it, but just just guessing, I highly doubt that a large portion of what they work on is not going to be Apple-specific. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of custom stuff going on with Apple Silicon, and I have a feeling that that's pretty much where almost all of the problems uh-huh. with getting Linux running on it lies. That plosive isn't it specific. That plosive was really good. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna make it very fun to edit. <laughs> you can't win with the audio thing, man. You really can't. no, I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> um. Anyways, the uh, I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to find, figure, wait and see. I guess the I think at the end of the day, any work that's being put in on Linux is a good thing, right? 
And yeah. even if it is fine, let's just say you're right and it's only 5%. That's still 5% that somebody else doesn't have to do. Um, yeah. And I, I can't see some of that stuff not being able to be translated to other arm base because it's still arm. At the end of the day, it is still arm. So while, I mean, I don't think I, that silicon is going to be way different than any other arm-based structure, but the point B is once they've done that type of work, trying to get Linux on, working on ARM, they've at least documented on how they've done it. So that even, even if what they've done doesn't translate directly to a new chip, they can still use the process to do what needs to be done to get it working on other chips. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe that's not as big of a deal as I think it is, but... And, and you're right, Linux does work on ARM in many different cases right now. Like, they have almost every ma major Linux distro has ARM-based support. Um, but that doesn't mean it's perfect, and it doesn't mean that it can't get better. And I think that the, no. the work on Apple ARM-based products could potentially lead to some of that stuff being better supported. And, I mean, we haven't even talked about this yet. Because Apple has created these pieces of hardware, it's possible now that we might see, like, System76 or Slimbook or whatever make a piece of Linux hardware that is running ARM. Because right now, the only ARM hardware that Linux, a Linux manufacturer works is is Pine64. And let's be honest yeah, about it. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be terrible. Right, and it's... Because like, it's just... I mean, I mean, and it, all, all Linux first attempts are terrible, terrible, and that's just kind of the the way it is. Like, because uh, they don't have the R and D to put into something that's going to be completely polished the first time they put it out. So I'm I'm, I'm not saying like Pine 64 is like really awful, but uh, maybe now that they have this uh, competition or whatever, I mean it's not really competition, but the you know uh, they have a template that it can work like prior to this every time microsoft decided to do an arm based device it was god awful but i mean it's still god awful because windows runs horribly on arm but now that apple's done it and done it well maybe that will mm. give these bigger companies uh, an idea that maybe mm. linux would work well on arm too and they'll, they'll create a uh, device you know most companies don't have apple's R&D budget. No, uh, um, almost no company. You, does. You've already you've um, already told me that Linux runs on ARM. <laughs> okay. No. So they can. Well, no, and, uh, no, ARM. No. Hold on. Hold on. No. 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 Because no. No. Microsoft. The reason that their attempts on making ARM products suck is because they never tried making their own ARM chips. That is extremely expensive, and Microsoft has never buckled down and decided to spend that much money on R&Ding their own chips. Apple is pretty much the only company that has ever went from a software manufacturer or hardware, like overall systems manufacturer, to a specific chip manufacturer or at least designer. Right. Um, I don't, that's a major shift. Doesn't if, if you're thinking that System76... Or no, any that's not other Linux what I was thinking. No, <laughs> there, there no. are off-the-shelf products based on ARM that they can buy. Okay, just like you can buy a, a Intel or an AMD card. I don't know if they're but any good. That, um, but that's that's. But I'll go ahead and stop. That's why Pine products and everything are not competitive. No, because uh, the <laughs> the ARM chips that you can buy off of the shelf will not compete. Like, you, I, you just It doesn't can't. have to... I, literally, it does not have to compete. It just has to be good. 
Okay, that first that first attempt has to be okay. Okay. But there's but there's but what are you talking about when you say good? Like, because when you say good, we're talking about chips here, so that means the chip has to be good. There aren't any. Like, there are no, like, no company right now is making ARM chips for SOCs that can, like, run, like, desktop OSs, like, typical ARM distros. There's just none of them. Like, there's not, because... Pretty much every big chip manufacturer that makes the really powerful like ARM chips. Okay, maybe maybe you're right, but then your entire argument about five minutes ago was completely pointless because you. What do you mean? Because your your point was that given the choice between Apple and another manufacturer, people would choose another manufacturer. But if that's the case, then there has to be another manufacturer. And you just told me just a second ago that there's not another manufacturer. All ARM chips are terrible and nobody's right no no, there's there's not a manufacturer right now (laughs) making chips somebody microsoft or dell could do it like they could like those major companies could they're not manufacturers of trips with tm tmsc exists apple was again the whole like your whole point here is that there's not one and that was my whole point is they're not one apple was not one a while ago they became one that's my whole point. Like, if Microsoft, Dell, or a company that had the financials to do it did it, they could. But it's also extremely risky. Like, it's a investing millions, if not billions, of dollars to create chips okay, I, I, that I, are I, now I, have a competitor. I think like, that the 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 argument we're having here is. That you think that in order to use an ARM chip, you have to develop it yourself, um, which maybe that's the way it has been up until now. But there are companies out there, TSMC, Texas Instruments, that design ARM chips and sell them to people. Okay, right now they're only in servers. Nvidia does it. Um, there are several other smaller companies. Qualcomm obviously does it. I, yeah, I, but you're talking about chip manufacturers that make stuff like Snapdragon processors. Like the ones in here. Okay, so you you have a good point. Like they make really good ARM chips that go in these phones. I, this is something that you can look up because there is an explanation of why. But there's a good reason for why that these suit. Like this is a really powerful chip compared to something that's in like a Pine Book or whatever. Like this thing is like just, just destroys it. There's a reason that the manufacturers like PinePhone and other manufacturers or distributors, whatever you want to call them, can't get their hands on these chips because the companies that do make these chips, they are, they're already sold before they ever even make the chips. They're all sold. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, though, is like that. I mean, I'm sure in the chip shortage, that's absolutely true right now. But your whole point was that in the future, if there was an alternative, people would choose it. And in order for that argument to make any sense, there has to be an alternative eventually. And yeah, system seventy six. And I've said I've said a few times now that there are companies that could do it. Microsoft, Dell, big companies. They're not going to do that for Linux, though, dude. Well, but that's no, no, no. no, 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 no. The thing is, is Microsoft is. No, no, no. Hold on. Just just hold on a second. Microsoft is not a chip designer and never has been. Okay, they have a chip now. It's a Qualcomm chip that they've put their name on. 
okay? They're not okay. a chip de- designer. I'm not saying that they couldn't buy up a, a chip designer and then did do what Apple did. They could. They have the money to do it. Dell has the yeah. money to do it. They, but they don't. They just buy chips from Intel and AMD, okay? So okay. The, reason, yeah. the reason why there are companies that exist, like – Forget about Qualcomm. You got very focused on Qualcomm and the phones there. From Nvidia makes chips that run Linux right now and sell them to, and, and puts them in servers. Now I know there's not any chips available for System76 to just go, hey, you want? I'm coming shopping for some chips. I know that doesn't exist right now, but the, eventually the chip shortage will will end, hopefully, and. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I mean, System76 is like not completely broke or anything. They could eventually, maybe, perhaps buy some chips some, someday. I'm not talking about right right now, but in order to create that mythical alternative that you wanted, you know, for, ten minutes ago, you know, eventually mm-hmm. that's where they're going to get the chips. They're ne- System76 is never, or any of those other Linux-based hardware developers is never going to have, as you said, the R&D to create their own chip. We agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Microsoft, even if they were to create their own chip, isn't going to do it and mm. allow Linux to run on it. Okay. So they're not. Okay. Or or, or it's not. It's okay. I mean, they're never going to sell it to other people to make Linux run on it. So if they have a consumer-based processor, that thing's going to run Windows. They may create an ARM-based processor that runs Linux, but for servers, they're never going to create a consumer-based chip that runs Linux. I don't think that that's ever going to happen. I, I I would bet money on it. Okay. Why would they? Well, they wouldn't design it with it in mind, obviously. But if so, so no, 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 wants to make the chip. What, what you would, what you, what you're saying is that Microsoft would create a chip that only runs Windows, and then somebody would uh, get on there and create a Linux distribution that would then run on it, just like I don't know, say, so, mm, well, by default, no matter what, <laughs> it's. By default, no matter what, especially if it's made by Microsoft, it's going to run what they intend to run on it by default. Right. But that's why your example of designed in a way like do I do I think that Microsoft like again and anybody who's watched watched me talk about Microsoft for long enough knows I'm not a fan of Microsoft. But comparatively, like if we're comparing Microsoft to Apple, I have more faith that Microsoft won't design it in a way that is going to lock it down to you their platform. You are a delusional, happy little person, aren't you? <laughs> well, I mean, okay. overall, it makes sense. T- but... All right, so they have that TPM chip in their laptops and requiring it now on all computers, right? And that was the beginning mm-hmm. of locking things down. And they also have something called, like, the the, the Dragon, or I, I don't remember, it's some really weird name right now. And, and they've there are some laptop manufacturers that have enabled this. Uh, uh, Lenovo is one of them, right? They've enabled them on some laptops, and on those laptops there, you cannot run anything but Windows. Okay, that's the future of Microsoft's operating system is where is locking it down in in the name of security, having these security chips that you can only run Windows on the laptop. That's the reason why people fright freaked out about those IBM or not IBM Lenovo laptops that could only run Windows because they're very very worried that they that Microsoft is going to mandate that every every manufacturer has those chips and therefore it would be almost impossible to get Linux to run on this. So, you know, so if we think that Microsoft would develop an ARM based chip that doesn't also have that security stuff on there that would prevent people from running anything other than what they wanted it to. 
Um, now, here's the, I mean, obviously, Apple has those things too, and it still hasn't stopped Linux from being developed for it, but that kind of defeats the purpose of the entire argument. And, because your argument was that Microsoft would create a chip that would be able to be put into a, uh, a device that could run Linux fairly easily, right? That was your argument? Well, no, no. My argument was that they would, they're one of the few companies that is capable of making a chip, period. Like, that was just it. Okay. But, okay. I, I, don't, I mean, I, go into a device, like, Microsoft already kind of makes products, kind of. They're shitty, but whatever. Like, um, uh, those you could just grab and put Linux on. Well, do I think that they would make ARM devices that are more likely to be like that, like it is today with their devices, than Apple will ever do? Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, you may be right there, but the the thing is, if you've ever if you've ever heard of anybody trying to install Linux on a Surface device, you'll know pain from hell because it's not easy in, in the least, yeah. and it's well worse on their ARM. Also, they it's not really like I will say that's not really a design thing from like microsoft they just they like they put the most basic bios possible on those devices well, like it's then they so bad. require specific drivers that just aren't available for linux yeah you yeah. know so um yeah. and the thing is like they they have arm-based things now but they don't use microsoft processors because microsoft doesn't design processors they use qualcomm yeah. stuff right so yeah uh Wow, we really disagreed there. Like, I, I, like, I kind of hate you right now. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm kind of not friends with you anymore. Like, like, we just had an. What a horrible way to end a friendship. Like that we disagreed on ARM processors. That was like really weird, right? <laughs> Ended a friendship over phone processors. Oh. So I, I, all right. So what I think, whether you agree with us or not, it doesn't really matter. I think that eventually. I mean, there is a market for Linux hardware. I don't think it's a very yeah. big market, right? It's it's not a very big market when you compare it to the general hardware market in general. It's not very big, but it is a market that's probably you know a few billion dollars. It's probably worth a few billion dollars, right? Because I mean, there's a reason why. Dell and Lenovo and HP have Linux laptops. They wouldn't create those things if they were going to make no money. So because there's this market, there there will be a market for ARM-based Linux laptops. Where they get those chips, you and I can disagree with. I don't. As of right now, neither one of us really knows where they're going to get the chips. They will get them eventually. It's from somewhere, whether it's you know Texas Hopefully. Instruments or Nvidia Hopefully. or whatever. You know, eventually the. I mean eventually the chip shortage will go away and they'll be able to buy some, you know, or have them developed by TSMC or whatever. I mean, TSMC is the foundry that does Apple's and, and AMD and stuff like this. I mean, they're building more uh, factories and stuff like that in, like, uh, Wisconsin and Brazil and stuff. So, I mean, they're going to have more uh, ability to create these chips. So, I mean, eventually there will be the ability to design a laptop that has... ARM-based technology inside of it that comes from places like that. Eventually, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be you know right away, but eventually. So I mean, I think that I mean we we kind of meandered off the point as we were shouting at each other and and calling each other names. I mean, if if we were in the same state, we'd have been pulling each other's hair. Okay, <laughs> like no, damn it, <laughs> I'm right, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> any. 
<coughs> so I, I think that eventually that will happen. And I think, be, just to kind of bring all back together, that when that does happen, um, the work that is being done right now on Apple products at least will at least somewhat help that development later on down the line. Whether How much that development actually does help, I don't know. I'm not a developer. Uh, we'd have to ask. But, I mean... And I'm sure the developers right now don't even really know because this mythical machine that we're talking about that will eventually exist doesn't actually exist right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it almost – I mean we've talked about this before. Like ARM is the future. Like uh, yeah. eventually – I mean because eventually – I mean yes, Intel will continue to doing x86, x86 stuff for many years in the future. But eventually – Intel will see the light and realize that ARM is the future, and they'll start developing ARM chips. That then they will start selling to everyone. Okay. Same with AMD. Eventually, AMD will run to the point where they can no longer miniaturize their chips anymore and go to the, you know, the 90th, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. and, and and they'll start developing ARM chips. Well, I mean, so I mean, because ARM is the future, more and more chip foundries and chip developers will pop up and some of them will be very very big corporations and that's where the chips will come from and when that does happen we'll finally see some linux hardware that develop that runs arm hardware and the in the consumer that's, mar- in the that's, consumer market yeah like that i mean that's the biggest thing because like a lot of people like probably throughout our conversation and us disagreeing we're like you know what this whole co- this whole like debate is useless there already is plenty of linux arm devices but they're just not they're not powerful enough to like do a well, like do many daily tasks. Yeah, the the, like, the stuff that's consumer focused is just not there yet, right? You, know, you got yeah. you got the you got the Raspberry Pi and you have the Pine sixty four stuff. That stuff is never going to be, you know, like top tier desktop replacement stuff, right? It's just not there yet. Yeah. But the thing is, is that almost all technology, all consumer computer technology, filters from the enterprise down to consumers, right? That's the way it almost has always worked from the beginning of technology. Like the reason why a lot of computers were created were to create big, you know, data sets, and they they were gonna uh, go through data sets, they punch cards and stuff like that. It was that was beginning of the server, right? And eventually mm-hmm. that translated down into workstations and stuff like that. Um, to the point where people can have things sitting on their desks and it no longer takes up an entire warehouse. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, the biggest area where ARM is succeeding isn't not only with phones, but also with servers. Like you can get like a 300-core processor, ARM processor, that runs in a server somewhere that uses a quarter of the energy that an Intel one would. And that's the power. That's where all the powerful ARM stuff goes. Um, no. And that's stuff there it's running linux right it's like it's running linux yeah. right now so that's well, a- i mean like that's what i was trying to get at earlier like it's wild because we already have really insanely good arm processors in our phones and we just need the desktop manufacturers and stuff to be able to get their hands on these types of chips yeah. and then like the arm linux desktop is not just like a thing it's easily a thing like most people like most people have a phone like if you can afford a phone that with one of these processors then you should be able to afford a desktop with it as well should you need it like that's 
that's kind of the goal that we should be able to get to. And it does honestly make no sense that there's not, there's not availability for these chips for those kinds of devices yet. I mean, there's a whole other conversation to be had around whether or not Linux laptop manufacturers would even want to buy something from like Qualcomm because Qualcomm is like notoriously shady, right? I mean, like shady AF when it comes to like licensing agreements and stuff like that. Like there's a reason why, like if you buy a Samsung phone here in the United States, it has a Qualcomm device. And if you buy it in Europe, it has a Samsung uh, chip in it, Mm. right? And that's, that doesn't... That's not because Samsung wants to use Qualcomm stuff here in the United States. It's because they're forced to. You know what yep. I mean? Like they literally have to, otherwise they can't sell it here, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a big question over whether or not any Linux la- hardware manufacturer would ever want to get into bed with Qualcomm because they're like seriously evil. Like we think like Google and Apple and like like we just had this whole conversation a few minutes ago about how Apple likes their closed gardens. They could, I mean, Qualcomm could give them, you know, lessons. <laughs> like, let me show you how it's done, son. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> They're just, I mean, I like, I wouldn't know why anybody would want to buy, I mean, other than they have to. Like, that's, a, that's the reason why Samsung yeah. is, right? Because they have to. <laughs> you have to be, like, a really, really bad corporation if, if that's the way you, you do business. Like, the only reason why people mm-hmm. buy from us is because they're literally forced to at gunpoint. <laughs> like, like it sounds like a mafia movie, doesn't it? And like this is there's definitely some mob stuff going on here. Yeah, but we actually have like legit companies, like, and that's the way they do business. Yeah, like, like the, you either buy our stuff or you don't sell anything. And and like, and the U.S. government's like, yeah, it's okay because they're an American company. We're 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 we're, yeah. we're fine with it. If 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 it's, if, if it it's was, not a monopoly. If, okay, if it you was, have other options. If it was Hawaii, if it was Huawei or. Uh, you know, TSMC or or Samsung, you know, something that was built in any other country. <laughs> no, no, completely different. No, no, you guys are evil. Obviously, in, in cahoots with the Chinese. You know, <laughs> obviously, you're a national security risk. It's, it has nothing to do with the fact that we want American companies to only be. You know, I like. I, I, we're we're American. We want American companies to do really well. But even we can see that that's shady as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So that is the main topic. We that was a very that was a very lively discussion there. We we hardly yes, it was. we hardly ever disagree on stuff, but you're still really wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. You're whatever, whatever your opinion is, you're wrong. All right. So moving on to the main the not we already did the main topic, Matt. What are you talking about? I was about to say. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do that all over again because Matt forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrible. It would be really bad. No, no, no. It's there. I see. It. It's right there. It says, it says stop recording. That means I did good. Um, <coughs> you know, I was watching uh, one of Brody's videos the other day, and he was talking about how the new version of OBS is going to let you customize some of the colors, and he made a fantastic mm-hmm. point. Uh, in that version, he said if you're able to make the start and stop record button a different color so it stands out, so that you don't oh, accidentally yeah. press it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I never thought about that before, but it is gray by default. It is gray just like all the others, and yes, it gets darker gray when it's recording. But can you think of if just it, barely, it, yeah, if it was red, you'd have a much harder time pressing it by accident. You know, because mm-hmm. everybody knows you don't press the red button. <laughs> yep. I mean, yep. So I, I was like, damn, that's a, that was a really good idea. Good job, Brody. You got a really good idea. All right. Um. 
So, moving on to the last section of the podcast. We call this thing very creatively Thingies of the Week. We could have called it something else, but those t- names were all taken, and the Thingy of the Week just kind of has stuck. So, Tyler, your Thingy of the Week. Mine is the Unity Hub um, package from the AUR. Um, if for any reason you're interested in game development and also want to check out Unity on Linux, um, I highly recommend you not use the Flatpak. The Flatpak caused me a lot of issues, and um, the engine, what it would actually install and load up, would I would get random errors and just different stuff that was non-existent on the AUR version of uh, Unity Hub. So, again, if you're interested in game development and you want to try out Unity for whatever reason, I highly recommend you get it from the AUR versus the Flatpak. Um, I don't know about any other installation method or whatever haven't really tried them but just just saying the aur version is much more reliable and stable than than not so yeah cool so we both actually have gaming ones this week we've spent a lot of time talking about gaming this time Uh, mine is Mm -hmm. dead cells and um this is an old game but it is very very good and I'm not very good at it. Like I'm, I, I said earlier, I'm playing with a trackball, and uh, playing gaming with a trackball is not, um, it's not a good idea. <laughs> Unless you're really, really good at it. Like I've gotten better at it, but it's still not very accurate. But even with a mouse, I wouldn't be very good at any, good at it anyways. So I've just been stuck with it. But it is just astonishingly fun, and it's one of the first Windows games that I've been able to play on Linux just out of the box like i I mean i know everybody else has this amazing success with 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 gaming like oh yeah i've played grand theft auto and i've played you know uh you know red dead redemption and all this stuff um i've never been had that much success um this time i'm playing a windows game and it runs fantastically like i've i've played like spyro is a windows game and it's a really good game, and it runs well on Linux, but when I'm running it, my computer sounds like it's about to take off into space. The, the fans are really loud when I play that game, and the temperatures on my machine get up into, like, the 90-degree Celsius range. Ooh. Yeah, so that game is not well playable on Linux, even though it looks fine. Um, so, yeah, the... Uh, Dead Cells plays fantastically. The fans don't start going crazy like nor- like I would have expected them to. It just works really well. And that's with Proton GE. So, um, I, like I said earlier, if you're going to install Steam on Fedora and and you're not tied to a, a, an existing pre-installed library like Tyler is, um, if you're just going to do- re-download your games, use the Flatpak. Download the Flatpak of the Proton versions. I downloaded like three or four of them. Um, cause then I can switch between them if I have a problem. Um, and it's been a fantastic experience. If you are like Tyler and you're going, you're, you're going to use an existing game, downloaded game library, download flat seal oh. and give steam yeah. the permissions to your game library folder. Then you'll have a better luck of ha- actually being able to access those things. Cause by default, you yes. won't be able to get to those. Um, yeah, if, if you, if you install the flat pack versus like, this is just, Hopefully, somebody who is going to install Steam will see this before they do do it and install it through the Flatpak. 
if you've got your games already installed on another library and you install the Flatpak of Steam, when you try and execute the game, you'll get this weird error talking about, like, I think sometimes it's to do with write. Sometimes it might be to do with something else. But, like, you'll get an error. It'll mention, like, write or something like that in it. And if you do get that pop-up, all that means is do exactly what Matt said. Install the flat seal, edit the permissions for the, like, specific, you know, wherever your steam library is and then you'll be good um it's just it's one of those things where like if you don't know that that's a thing it can be really really confusing and kind of upsetting because steam works like the flat pack of steam works perfectly fine but you'll the people who will notice a problem with it will only be those people that have an existing Steam library and try accessing it without editing those permissions. Yeah. Then it'll have a problem. Flat yeah. seal really should be something that is default. Like, like yes, it should. When you install when, like if, like if your distro runs Flatpak by default, it should come with Flat Seal installed. Um, yes, it should. It should definitely do that. So, anyways. <clears throat> That is it for this video, for this podcast. We had a very good discussion here. So if you are having any thoughts on this kind of stuff and you're watching this post when we're done here, leave those in the comment section below. We'd love to yes. hear from you. Um, uh, and also, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, someone in chat said no plug for Steam Deck this week. And I just want to be honest with everybody. Matt told me I couldn't. That is the biggest piece of bullshit i've ever heard out of your mouth and that is saying something given all the other you, stuff you said oh uh, last week after the show you did say no more plugging the steam deck you've done it i let you plug the steam deck earlier in this episode i asked you if you're still okay that this, is true. the steam deck just because that i said true. you couldn't do it more than once an episode doesn't mean <laughs> well actually i guess i guess to be more accurate you told me i couldn't add it as my thingy of the week again because you use it twice in a row that's <laughs> freaking cheating you can't use it every single week until eternity until it dies that's not the way it works <laughs> you're fired it's that good again <laughs> okay. sorry <laughs> i don't remember where i was at so the, anyways um leave a comment make sure you subscribe uh you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast just like all of these fine people, you can also get 10% off if you support for a year in advance. But anyways, thanks to everybody who does support me at, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Linuxcast. Th uh, also, thanks to everybody who supports me on YouTube as well. Uh, I sometimes forget about you guys. I apologize for that. But for whatever reason, YouTube does not send out emails when you get a new mm -hmm. member on YouTube. So I've heard that. If, I've, if, if you've supported me on YouTube... And I missed you. I apologize. Message me on Facebook or not Facebook on, on Twitter or Discord or something. I will go check it. But you don't get any notification that you got to have a new member. So they just I mean, it, it's fine if you're not going to give them any perks like putting them on the credit screen. But I try to at least look on that. So um, it also makes it really hard when someone stops being a member. Because uh -uh. you get no notification that somebody deleted their pledge, and like I mean that happens all the time. I mean people, you know, just yeah. you know they give a certain amount of money and then they move on, which is expected, right? But the yeah. the thing is, is that you get no notification of it. So uh, I had a guy on there who supported me for one month, and I was very grateful for that. But then he stopped. But he was on there for like six extra months, and not a big deal. But it's still, I mean, it made it harder in hell to edit that. I had to do it like an audit in order to pull some of the people off and they were, weren't supposed to be on there anymore and it was really weird anyways 
Patreon. Just making something that's supposed to be easy really difficult. Like, why does YouTube have to overcomplicate things? Like always, like just send out notifications. Like seriously, I get 42 emails an hour from YouTube. One of those couldn't be a notification that I had a new member. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, the amount of carbon that they've spent sending me emails about per- people who've subscribed to to my channel, like. I get a lot of subscribers. I don't need. I'm like I love all of you subscribers. Like fan, you're all fantastic. But I do not need an email letting me know that you subscribed or that I've gone live on YouTube. Like I know I've gone live on YouTube. You don't need to send me an email. Um, I like the I like the idea of like a, like you you having a really good day and getting like 800 subscribers in a day and then just being like like this is awesome. But then just looking at your inbox well, and being like I, I understand like, if you're why? just if you're just starting out on YouTube and. Those emails are fantastic, right? Yeah, they they mean a lot. They, they mean the world. But when when I and I I know this this sounds horrible when you're gonna get them to like twenty thousand subscribers, it just I, I can't read all of them, okay? So it's, well, they still mean a lot. But when you get eight hundred in one day, you're like, dude, come come yeah. on. Uh, and like and so at least one of them could possibly be, you know, the. Uh, uh, a notification that hey you got a new member congratulations mm-hmm. you know but yeah. new all right <laughs> anyways that's it for this week we'll be back next week with a topic of some kind uh, i'm not sure what we're going to talk about anyways see you very next week Bye.